This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Colin Wood. And we are back. Pastor always like starting that way. Uh, really, we are back because it, we're recording this at the beginning of a brand new year. So if you're listening, thank you for joining us. Obviously, you're listening. So thank you for joining us on the Making Disciples podcast. Pastor, last year, we, we finished up talking uh, about some really important uh, patterns that we saw in Scripture. I thought it would be be good for us to begin this season, this, this uh, time of podcast, just by talking about some of the things you do as a pastor, a senior pastor, the visionary leader of our church, uh, to prepare yourself and the staff and our church for a new year. Hopefully, uh, there are some practices that other senior pastors, other pastors, other leaders of organizations can find helpful and put into practice in their own lives as well. So there's some things you can think that you do every year just as you're coming up on a new year that might be helpful to other leaders? Yeah, I mean, this is a great question, and I think it's something um, we all would benefit from, even if we're not the senior pastor, if we're on staff as a pastor, or just a Christian man or woman. Uh, there are a couple of things I've done through the years, and obviously I've honed this uh, over the years, but one of the main things I try to do at the end of every year is spend some time reflecting on the previous year. Mm, that's good. I think it's very helpful for us to do this as leaders, as fathers, husbands, wives, mothers. Um, and so for us, let's just take Long Hollow as a case study. Mm -hmm. We have experienced at our church in 2021, arguably, that may go down, it may go down as the greatest ministerial year of our ministries. Mm -hmm. We we may be in 2040 talking about 2021 as the greatest year. I hope not. And I, I was going to say, so it's all downhill from no, here. No, like everything's a disappointment I, after the last I, I'm year. Not, no, I'm not saying it will, but I'm just saying, I yeah. mean, we baptized 1,580 people, right? Yeah. I mean, almost 1,600 people. We, we saw 1,000 people baptized in 15 weeks. I mean, Not just, a normal year. No, I mean, just and just 500 people, first-time decisions for Christ, legitimate yeah. Amazing. people, you know, understand the gospel saved and i mean we we i mean just you know list goes on so we we saw that but also at the same time when we were on the mountaintop of ministry then we went through at the same time concurrently candy and i personally some of our staff the most ramped up spiritual warfare of our lives mm -hmm. and i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to candy coat i'm not i'm not trying to embellish it i'm telling you i, I took a I took a notes document of it. I, I chronicled it the whole year. Maybe one day I'll write a book about it because it was relentless at mm -hmm. time. I mean, relentless. And you saw it from uh, an up-close seat. And now people would say, well, are you saying you would trade that? Would you say, well, are you saying you wouldn't take the revival because you had to go through the, the trials? And the answer is no, I wouldn't change any of it. However, I think I learned so much this year through the process. Uh, I want to write a book one day when the time is right. I thought the time was right the later part of this past year, but the Lord has not released me yet to write anything. But the book's going to be titled The Price of Revival and the Cost to Maintain It. I was going to interrupt you and ask you, do you think those two things are correlated? Like, best year spiritually and ministerially that 
maybe we've ever had or will have, and also the greatest spiritual attacks? Do you, do you tie those two together? Uh, absolutely. I, I think I think the more you step out, and I'm not saying if you're not being attacked um, consistently and relentlessly, you're not doing anything for the Lord. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is the moment you stick your head up above the normalcy water of ministry, of going through the mundane, and you're really saying, I want more of God. I'm pressing in for God. And then God, in a sense, as a bullseye, puts his hand upon your church or your ministry or your preaching or anoints your, you know, your, your uh, anything that you're doing. Then what happens is the devil, the enemy, the minions in the spiritual war or in the spiritual world know where you are. And so I used to jokingly say, uh, this D.L. Moody quote, uh, and that is, I want to be on the top 10, I think it was Moody or Ravenhill, I think it was Ravenhill, I want to be on the top 10 list of Satan. Hmm. Now you think about that. that, that even catches some of you <laughs> off guard. I was pretty nervous just to say this for years to even say that. I would say it jokingly like a preacher, I want to be on the top 10 list. I'm convinced, I mean, this is me personally, I'm convinced at one time last year, we were on the top 10 list, me personally. Mm. And you're saying, oh, that's pretty prideful. No, I'm just telling you, relentlessly. Okay, maybe top 100. Okay, maybe top 100. But I'm telling you, it may not be on top 10, but he knew my name. The Satan himself, I believe, knew my name. Because you got to understand, at one, and I'm not saying this prideful at all. Believe me, I don't want it to happen again. I, this is not a list you strive for. But you know, I like striving to be on the list. But... I was on. I was trying to strive to be on the most used by God list, mm -hmm. and I think to answer your question, whenever you, whenever you do great things for God, you can expect a counter move from Satan. So I would say for those of you right now who are in the midst of suffering, who are in the midst of trial, tribulation, be encouraged. Because here's the thing, Colin. I would say 2021 may have been maybe equal to 2020 because I did learn a lot in 2020. Those two years were hard years for me, hard years for us as a church, hard yeah. years for us as a family. And I would say it was probably the most growth uh, ministerially, personally, spiritually that I've ever experienced. Yeah, it's weird that those two things go together. And you know me, I am the resident skeptic, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, which makes us good together. We oh, balance each other out. <laughs> we balance each other out because you're all in. Every every thought, every idea, oh, yeah. and I'm all out. Yeah, right, so right, we, right. We, we help each other. But I, So I immediately, when we were talking about this last year, thought, is that really true? Is that why, like, is the revival the reason we're experiencing this? What is the scriptural evidence, the proof for this? But I immediately thought about Job and how... God was the one that brought Job up to Satan. And mm. so we talked about, could it be that God says, have you considered my fellowship long hollow? Yeah. And then, you know, all hell broke loose, no pun intended. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, yeah. <laughs> well, and we saw, I mean, just genuine life change. You know, we got criticized. I don't think I've talked about this a lot. We got criticized early on. People were writing blogs, not a lot, but some were blogging, some were criticizing online, some were questioning, even friends of mine were questioning what was going on here, and rightfully so, uh, because me, two, three years ago, would have been doing the same thing. They got to be manipulated. They got to be coercing. And We even talked about that, how it changed how we think about 
moves of God yes, in other places. Yes, yes. You see, the, the way we operate as human beings, I think, is we have an autobiographical understanding of how things work. What does he, that mean? Okay, what that means is if it if it doesn't happen in our ministry in the present day and I've not personally experienced it, then there's no way it can happen. It genuinely, there's <laughs> that no That can't way. be real. It can't be real, yeah. And so if you're listening here, and, and listen, I'm guilty as charged. If you haven't personally experienced an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God in a palpable way in your presence, it's going to be hard for you to hear stories like this of firsthand eyewitness account. That's why John says when he begins his gospel, remember? John says, no, you understand. We've seen, we've heard, we've handled with our hands. We, we have mm-hmm. touched the Messiah. You got to mm. understand, this is not just talk here. We have seen and we've experienced. And so you're very skeptical, I get that. But what we've learned is this. We've learned is when God moves like that, it changes everything, your perspective, how you view baptism and how things work in that. And so we lost, we had some friends criticize us early on about the baptism. Are they coercing? Are they doing this? And what we realized was uh, until you encounter it, it's really hard to really have a framework for it. it really is, and and what we talked about in regards to other churches or other things that we hear is, man, let's not be so quick to judge, mm. because that's not up to us. It doesn't really matter. That's between them and the Lord. Because then all of a sudden we were on the other side of it, knowing that we were being perhaps unfairly criticized, us genuinely walking, trying to be obedient and faithful in um, the the decisions that were being made and the follow-up that was being made. And so I know it changed the way I think about um, moves of God or just stories that I hear about at other churches, other places. So as you're reviewing the year and you're thinking through the highs and the lows, what do you do with that? What's the what's the purpose of reviewing? Yeah, before I answer that, you got me thinking about one thing I want to say, and that is the level or the limit to the work of God in your life or the, the, the level to the work of God in your life is limited by your belief. Okay, let me say this again because I want you to get this. The level or the scope of to the working of God in your life, personally, ministerially, church, is limited by the belief you have. And what I mean is this, the only thing that hindered the sovereign son of God working in these towns when he went around was unbelief. And, and, and they say, why, didn't you, why couldn't you do miracles? And Jesus said, they didn't believe. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying the reason things don't work is because you lack the faith to believe. I'm not, I'm not talking about, no, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, believe it, achieve it, word, faith, move it. But what I am saying is there is an inextricable connection in the Bible between the working of God and what you believe God can do in your life. And I got really good, Colin, I hate to admit this, I got really good as a pastor trying to tell God what he could or could not do. What do you mean? I got really good at saying, that's not of God. Mm. I would hear somebody get miraculously healed. I would hear someone receive a word from someone. I would Mm -hmm. hear of a movement of the Holy Spirit. I would hear a revival where hundreds got saved. And immediately, I would be very critical and, and pharisaical, and I would say, that's not of God. And immediately I'm putting a limit on what God can do. Listen, let me remind you, God is not limited by the scope and the size of what I believe God can do. In fact, if I could explain it and define it, it's probably not God. (laughs) 
In fact, if I could explain everything about God, he wouldn't be a God I want to worship anyway and serve anyway. And so the fact that God, as you said, and we'll move on, blew the box of what we thought revival looked like and church life looked like and what polity looked like and baptism looked like, I think it's healthy for us uh, as a church and as a body of believers. That's so good. Um, as usual with our podcast, we have started one place and gone another, and I want to keep digging in here because I, I've got a couple more questions. So after the break, let's continue this, this conversation about uh, things that we do to prepare for the year, or let's just dig it, continue to dig into uh, reviewing the year and this idea of belief and um, whether a movement is from God and how we respond to things happening in other places. We'll be right back. Are you struggling with the fatigue of ministry post-COVID? Have you experienced some fruit but hit a plateau in your life or even your church? Could you benefit from a group of like-minded leaders who can help you achieve your God-given potential? Being a church leader is more challenging today than it has ever been, and the pandemic hasn't made it any easier to lead. We now have a whole new set of problems to deal with as church leaders that will require new solutions. With this in mind, we developed the Replicate Collective. This is a close-knit group of church leaders who want to help you and your church unleash your God-given potential. Members of the Collective will interact with premier church leaders, men like Will Mancini, David Platt, Pete Scazzaro, and many others. Members of the Collective create catalytic clarity for their church and personal lives. They participate in weekly huddles with like-minded church leaders and you'll get personal coaching from me and the Replicate team. If you're interested in applying to join the collective or simply want to find out more, head over to replicatecollective.com. Replicatecollective.com. We have limited spots, so you want to check it out today. We're back talking about how God moved in 2021, or really just at the end of the year, looking back at what God did in your life and the life of your your church or ministry during the year. Pastor, you were just talking about um, a really personal topic for me um, as you were talking about belief and unbelief and how our unbelief, how does that limit the work of God. I think this is one of the great paradoxes for me. I, I love to wrestle with this intellectually because on one hand, like you said, God can do whatever he wants. And if it was limited by our capacity to think he can do it, it's going to be a very small move. And yet at the same time, we do see in scripture where Jesus talks about um, the unbelief of a place limiting what the work of God was. I remember you preaching at some point last year on Mark chapter 9. And I think this is my going to be my next tattoo, which would be my first tattoo. Yeah, we've been uh, waiting on this. <laughs> but where the, the demon-possessed boy, the father, comes, and uh, Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do, basically? And the father says, if you can do anything, have compassion on him and help us. And Jesus almost sarcastically answers, if Jesus was sarcastic, which I like to think he yeah, probably, he probably he was. He says, if you can, like I can hear that tone of voice, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. And this is the tattoo for me. I believe, help my own. <laughs> That's a good one for you, actually. I, I love, I love that thought. It's Jesus, the wrestling. Jesus is like, if if you can, yeah, let me show you. I, I can if you believe. And mm. the Father says, I do, but help me believe more. And I think that was my constant prayer 
through 2021 is, yes, God, I believe, help me believe more and then do do more well let's okay so let's let's dovetail and i'm actually going to lead the conversation let's dovetail into the second thing i do preparing for the year besides reflecting okay. and that is a theme okay i try to figure out a theme for the year and for the just, coming year for the coming year with a word but you got me thinking about those listening for this year this may be one of the sub themes may not be the theme we'll come back to it but one of the sub themes this year which i think was characteristic of 2021 for our church one of the early things the Lord showed me sitting on the porch quietly, and, and, and listen, people are questioning about this. What do you mean the Lord showed you? What do you mean the Lord told you? What do you mean you heard? I, I never heard any audible voice from God. However, I did hear an internal audible voice, meaning I heard in my head these words spoken to me, spontaneous baptism. And I've heard since then things in my head that I thought, there's no way that's of the Lord. One of those things was, when I began early on, I began to ask the Holy Spirit, began to ask the Lord, what are you trying to do with this? The mm -hmm. baptisms and pull us out of our comfort zone and mm -hmm. spontaneous baptism. I've never done that. The Lord showed me early on, and I told you all this, you can confirm. The Lord showed me, I am doing this at Long Hollow to give pastors and church members an increase in their belief. Mm. Because here's the thing, if you're listening regardless of whether you're in ministry, full-time, vocationally or not, you don't actually believe, if you're honest with yourself, that God could do this in your church. Mm -mm. Let's be honest, okay? Yeah. Pastor, listen to me. You don't actually believe that if the Spirit of God fell, you'd see almost 1,600 people baptized in one year, 1,015. You don't actually really believe that. Now, you think, ah, yeah, I've heard it in other places or Moody or Billy Graham, but you don't actually believe. And, and God showed me this revival in Long Hollow in the most uh, you know uh, uh, uncommon, surprising situations in a church environment where a pastor and his team are passionate, not about evangelism exclusively, but about discipleship. I even mm -hmm. had Kevin Ezell from the uh, North American Mission Board. I was doing an interview with him and Johnny Hunt on their podcast. I remember right in the middle of the revival and he said a line to me. He said, I think I think it's comical that of all the people on the planet that God could pour out his spirit in an evangelistic, revivalistic way, he chooses the discipleship guy. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's pretty interesting. And the point of that is it's an unlikely scenario, and yet God does it. And so here's what I want to challenge you to think about. Could the sub-theme of this year be, would you rather stand before the Lord and God fault you for believing too much mm. in what he can do? Mm -hmm. Or would you rather be challenged for not believing enough mm. in what he could do? Well, I'll even give you a practical. So I, I serve as the executive pastor here at Long Hollow. So uh, I have I carry out a lot of the practical logistical things. So perfect example of you you saying, let's be honest, we don't really believe is that first weekend, I remember when you talked to us about doing spontaneous baptism, we weren't ready. Mm -mm. There were so many people that responded that we were sending staff members to Walmart to buy every towel they had available to them. And I, th I th looking back at that, I think, man, if we really believed, we would have had stacks and stacks of towels and we would have already had that second baptistry that we ended up having to buy and just real practical things that maybe looking back we don't yeah. we don't prepare as if no god's gonna do this yeah we better be ready yeah no that's a good word i think 
Uh, it reminds me of a, a talk I've had with David Platt early on in preaching. When Platt was discipling me at seminary, he was uh, he was graduating with his PhD. I was a uh, actually no, I think he was teaching at the time. I was a new uh, master's degree student taking proclaiming the Bible with Jim Shaddix. I remember, and I went to David. And at that time, I was wrestling between how much scripture should fill the sermon versus how many illustrations should fill the sermon, and what was the balance between the two. And over General So's chicken at the uh, China Inn or the uh, pizza at the <laughs> Italian restaurant where we go, I asked David one day, I said, David, how do you find a balance? How much scripture should I put in a sermon? How many illustrations should I put in the sermon? David said a line I've never forgotten. He said, well, that's something you have to figure out. You know, obviously you want to have a good mix of both. But David said, I know one thing. When I stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and give an account for my preaching um, history of just my life of preaching, I don't think he's going to fault me for using too much scripture. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. He may say, man, you told a lot of good jokes. And I mean, they're great stories, Pastor, but uh, Robbie, but uh, you, you, he's never going to say, man, you, you, your sermons were good, but boy, you, you relied way too much on my word. The point I'm making is this. I don't think God's going to fault us for having too much faith in him. Oh, that's good. And God this year has increased my faith to a capacity, Colin, where you can almost fault me for believing God too much. But at the end of the day, I would rather be there than the uh, opposite extreme. And so I just want to challenge you with this theme. We'll pick up next week, but I want to talk to you next week about a word. This one word is something I started doing probably at Brainerd. I think we used to do this at Brainerd together. And I would go away, and sometimes the words would come quick. Sometimes the words would take long. But we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, that's so good, Pastor. I do want us to get to that because it has been so helpful in our ministry uh, together, particularly as a staff behind the scenes. Uh, so pastors, uh, leaders, I hope that today has been helpful. I want to challenge you to take some time out, maybe just 30 minutes, maybe an hour, to think back through your year. Pull your calendar out and actually look at week by week, month by month, and take out a, a piece of paper, open up a note and an iPad, and write down some of the highlights, write down some of the, the low moments of the year and discern what God did last year and thank him for the work that you saw him doing in your life and thank him for the lessons he's taught you. I, I know that during even some of the most low moments of the year last year that God brought us closer to him, maybe even than some of the high moments. So if today has been helpful or you find this podcast helpful, you can do us a favor by liking it or sharing it on whatever social media pla or whatever podcast platform you listen to. That helps with the algorithms and helps other people find the podcast. Join us next week as we pivot our conversation to looking forward to the new year. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.